This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. HPC market picks up in latest forecast. And NV dims brighten up. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, joined again with my regular podcast partner, Michael Feldman, editor of top500.org. Michael, how's it going this week? Very well. Uh, doing well here. It's a bit of a slow week as we get set up for the big show in a, in a couple weeks at uh, SC. But uh, as always, there's something to talk about. And we picked up a couple stories this week, one of which has to do with the report you guys put out just a week or two ago about the forecast, the HPC yeah. forecast. Yeah, we updated our five-year forecast for the HPC market. A lot of the highlights of this had already gone to our clients previously, but we put the uh, the report together. And there were a couple of highlights, mostly that we've got the, the five-year growth rate picking up a little bit. It had been down in the 4% range for a five-year forecast and now is bumping up to a little brighter 5.2% forecast comp- compound annual growth rate through the year 2020 that'll bring the market to uh, $36.9 billion in 2020. That's for all HPC product and service spending. Yeah, I noticed the point up uh, uptick from uh, from last year, and that's actually pretty uh, pretty good from just last year to this year, because that's a category and it goes over five years. So that's going to add sort of a lot of money to the market or a lot of revenue to the market as it pans out what do you what was sort of the big drivers that uh, that attributed to that point pickup well i mean the big thing is that the, the biggest contributor is that we're getting a slow year out of the way as we went from 2014 into 2015 which is the new right. baseline we only had 2.7% growth from 2014 to 2015 the market has been pretty flat and that's been held down mostly by slowness in the in the public sector we get great budget outlook from uh people in in all sectors of the end users in all sectors of the HPC market government industry academia and the government and academia portions have been slow um now as we go to the you know we get rid of 2015 out of the forecast and add another year 2020 out toward the far end that's really where we've seen the the market picking up and the budget outlooks have been increasingly rosier as part of our our budget map surveys it's still the commercial segment that that drives most of the growth but even the public sector is starting to loosen up a little bit so you know most of it's getting a slower year out of the way some of it is slight adjustment based on the the newest demand side forecast but overall yeah we do see the growth picking up for the next five years yeah and i noticed on that subject of the public spending, I did notice one conclusion you sort of came to there was that the spending there has been, you know, sort of flatter over the last several years. Like you said, it picked up a little this year, but the slower expansion there, you're sort of attributing to government austerity, which, which of course is going on, but you also sort of came to the conclusion that that looks like it it could become a long-term trend. In other words, for the foreseeable future, it sounds like you guys, and I I think I would agree with this, there's not going to be a big uptick in public spending, uh, that might be just a long-term uh, sort of macroeconomic effect that is going to sort of drag down that sector for the for the five years, maybe even beyond that. Is that is that sort of the take that 
I'm coming away with that sounds rational there. Yeah, we don't really, you know, forecast major geopolitical events like, you know, worldwide recessions or wars or things like that. But certainly as you look around the globe at the state of things right now, we've had ongoing government softness in the US. Europe is is the one where, you know, you're looking at Brexit and and people's responses sure. to that right now. It's it's hard to find a a government that's really saying, yeah, they're going to spend a lot more money. Uh, I guess the US, you don't know how things are going to go with the uh next change in administration. We'll get a little more color on that in the in the months ahead, but uh we're we're really relying a lot on the demand side forecasting there too where uh, the the uh, government respondents we have in the surveys are the ones that are most conservative on their their future budget expectations. It it really looks like that part is continuing. Well, in that sense, it's sort of fortunate, maybe coincident, that certain certain segments of the commercial space do look to be picking up to sort of take up that slack. Yeah, they do, and we have a vertical markets forecast that we haven't. Uh, we've released some de- details to our clients. We're putting together a, a, a written report on now for our clients, and that's where we see the commercial segments are, are really uh, strong, with the exception last year of oil and gas, of course. That was sure. part of the softness in the market with the price of oil down. That uh, vertical segment actually declined from 2014 into 2015. Now we forecast that it'll come back with the price of oil. So it actually gets one of the higher growth rates over the forecast period. Another one, though, that has a really high growth rate, one of the higher growth rates is in finance. Uh, and that's coming on top of it being one of the, the larger vertical markets. And, and we really see that continuing to expand. Yeah, that's not surprising at all, although you don't see very many use cases in public out there. Certainly, you can sort of read the tea leaves, even even sort of as a journalist, and realize there's a lot of activity there, and a lot of the vendors are certainly interested in that. There seems to be a big uptake of, of all sorts of HPC technologies and related technologies in finance. Uh, right now, so sort of no surprise there, but it's yeah. good that you're you're tracking that. Well, I mean, for sure there are, and it's one of the. It's not one of the more marketable ones when people are out there with success stories. And first of all, the finance companies tend to be pretty secretive about what they're doing, right? <laughs> yep. And second of all, it's just from a palatability standpoint for the market in general. People would rather hear about new drugs to cure diseases or or research to. Uh, you know, to help humanity, the the banks haven't exactly been in in the in the people's best graces over the last decade. <laughs> right. So to say, here's a way that a bank can be more profitable is not always the message that everyone wants to hear. Although HPC is certainly tied to uh, the profitability of these major financial institutions. Some of the other highlights that came out of the the forecast is, of course, we also look at the different product categories, and servers are are one of the lower growth rates. That it it actually stays. Um, uh, it becomes a declining portion of the HPC budget over time. Although it actually wasn't the the lowest. The lowest we see right now is in software. Um, as uh, as we see the market uh, uh, continuing to make a migration from less purchased licensed software and more open source or or in house software, uh, we see in the forecast that uh, the software is is actually a, one of the the lower growth rate segments, the lowest yeah. by product by, by product category. 
Yeah, when I looked at the report, I noticed that as well. And and again, you know, with the explanation of the, the popularity of open source, that's not surprising. Not good news for the uh, the software vendors, which are now going to have a more competitive landscape to operate in. But yeah, that's even below servers, which has sort of been sort of the flat one, although it's still the biggest segment. Um, sort of uh, the the ISVs are going to have to sort of uh, struggle to make sense of that and 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 come up with some uh, novel solutions and maybe uh, ways to sell that into a, a a community that that values open source above all right now. Yep, and and far as the the different segments, the highest growth rate, of course, is in cloud. Now yep. that's been still growing from a pretty small base, but we are forecasting that at 10.9%, uh, almost 11% compound annual growth for the next five years. And that's on top of pretty good growth that it's already had the last couple. So it is starting to, to catch on there in the market a little more. We have it crossing a billion dollars in uh, 2019 uh, before you even get to the last year in the forecast period. Now, among the ones that are more established, the, the highest growth rate is in storage at 6.2% compound annual growth. And and a lot of that has had to do with uh, the incorporation of more solid state or non-volatile or flash components into the, the mix of storage. And, and that's really had an effect on how much revenue there is there. Yeah, I mean that's sort of an interesting growth rate. Like you said, it's coming from a small, uh, a small base, but it'll be something we follow. And I think that one also has a lot of volatility in it. And that that I mean, even I wouldn't be surprised if it changed over time. But right now, yeah, it's a fast growing market. You sort of see that the vendors, some of the cloud vendors, are picking up on that. And uh, you know, obviously, it's a little bit overserved right now. But there's some differentiation there now with. Uh, a lot of the GPU support in the public clouds and, and things like that where uh, the market is broadened out and overlapped with things like deep learning. So it's it's an interesting space there. But again, uh, something that obviously you guys are, are tracking closely and it's, it's probably going to change over time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then now on the storage side, also this week in HPC, Michael, you've been on a bit of an outlook at one of the the near-in storage components in terms of you know, it's almost a, at the crossover between memory and storage. And yep. one trend that we are seeing uh, in our research and that you're seeing in, in your writing is the is the potential for NVDIMMs to start expanding in this space. Yeah, NVDIMMs has been sort of in the background for a long period of time. I mean, they, they've been out as products for uh, several years now, but they've, they've had this... Uh, the general products that out there is sort of a niche product. It's basically DRAM that has battery backup or has a an SSD backup. So when the power goes off, you can save DRAM memory to to that. But the one yeah, I I think the best analog for a lot of people in their minds is people are familiar with the little flash thumb drives, right? And you right. can carry those around. They still have data on them. NV DIMMs kind of follow that same pattern that now you can have a memory card form factor, a DIM that goes into your DIM slot, but it becomes persistent in a sense. Right. You could you could take that memory card out, put it somewhere else, and, and you'd still have the data. Now, it doesn't have to be flash. There are some other technologies that go into an NVDIM form factor. Yeah, and the ones we're, we're thinking about or that I was thinking about as I, as I look through this, this product set were some of the newer uh, – the newer designs where they actually use the non-volatile memory inside the DIM itself, not as a not as a backup for a power failure, 
but as something to actually make the DIM uh, less expensive. So something that would compete with DRAM memory for capacity on the capacity basis. So the idea is instead of being limited to you know something like a a few hundred uh, gigabytes of memory on a server, which which is sort of the case now, you'd be able to use that same money and buy a few terabytes of memory. Um, of course, there's you know challenges there because the non-volatile memory uh, at this point operates slower than DRAM, but there's there's ways and technologies around that, which I I sort of go into in the uh, more detailed write-up in in the, on the top 500 site, but it looks right now like these things are sort of coming of age. There's the first uh, one of the first new products out there is from a small company called Diablo Technologies, and they've used NAND Flash inside the DIM itself, and they use sort of a front-end um, piece of software to sort of negotiate the performance between. A much smaller amount of DRAM DIMMs and their NAND DIMMs to get the performance out and the capacity up supplied by the NAND itself. And most of the uh, most of the newer NV DIMMs that are looking for a capacity player along those lines, either they put the DRAM in the in the DIM itself alongside the the non-volatile memory, or they use it externally as Diablo has done and and sort of negotiate it that way. But the idea here, and I think this is important for HPC as well as a lot of the big data community and, and other communities, is that you can get much cheaper memory uh, going forward now using non-volatile DIMMs than you can otherwise because it's so much less expensive. Um, you just have to deal with sort of the sort of the incompatibility in, in performance, and if you can overcome that with some clever software and engineering, uh, I, I think it's going to have a big impact going forward. In fact, one of the uh, one of the analysts that follow this space in a little more detail thinks that that market is is growing at more than 100% uh, CAGR now. It's like fairly small now because of the the niche nature of it. It's like three million dollars, and they're forecasting like a billion three uh, to uh, towards the end of 2021. So that's a big, that's like a 400-fold increase. And there, I think they're looking at these same technologies moving forward and and becoming much more of a general-purpose play. Yeah, as far as HPC goes, I mean, the, the big trend that we've had is how do I get more data in closer to the processing elements? And yep. the, the movement toward multi-core and many-core has is, is only exacerbated that problem where we've seen the amount of memory configured per node continue to really increase to where it stays relatively steady on a per-core basis, which means when you look at how much memory gets configured on a per socket basis or per node basis, it's really been going up very quickly. So when you talk about the expense of memory, that is really what drives that. How do I get more data closer to the processing elements without uh, it driving the cost completely out of control? One of the the, the NVDIM technologies I think we've heard the most about is uh, is the 3D crosspoint technology, which is a, a collaboration between Micron and Intel. But we were noting that, that that just got slipped out a little bit recently, right? That was going to be one of the dominant ones, but now it's kind of in the mix with a lot of these other ones. Right. That's what sort of keyed me to the story. The, the latest, uh, the latest uh, chatter about that is that uh, they're Intel and, and probably Micron as well, since they use the same sort of manufacturing base to do that. They're slipping those those products out. I mean, first, 
uh, we were going to see we're going to see the SSD version of that, so the storage version in in the Optane product of Intel. Um, so that's probably been slipped out. Looks like to 2017, whereas they thought they might get uh, some of those products this year. But the NVDIM version of uh, 3DX Point was going to follow that by a year or so. But now it looks like that slipped out to a maybe late in 2018 and, and quite possibly even 2019 now. So so that sort of opened up this space uh, to these other uh, products and technologies. So, so companies like Diablo and some of the others I mentioned in, uh, in the article, including Viking Technology and Netlist and some of these others that are working on competing versions of NVDIMs now have a much better shot at getting their products established in this space. Now it looks more like, like you said, there's going to be a, a competitive mix in there since they're all coming out sort of in tandem rather than, uh, you know, Intel sort of dominating the space early. So that's sort of an interesting thing to watch. But uh, in general, this is a good thing. It looks like we're going to see a lot of technologies and approaches happen uh, simultaneously and the market will decide which one is actually going to be working. Well, I'll tell you another thing that's for sure. If you want me to give you a professional analyst three-week forecast is with two weeks to go until supercomputing, and we're going to have a lot of new announcements over the next three weeks. Yeah, we are. We're, we're starting to see it in the background there. But, yeah, I assume uh, coming up we're a couple weeks away, and uh, that week before gets pretty heavy. And then certainly during the week of uh, SC, there's a lot of new material to, to work with. So we're going to be pretty busy over that time period, and uh, we'll bring it to you as fast as we can. Can't wait. Exciting as always. Stay yep. tuned, listeners. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.